Welcome to another episode. Uh, we got a lot to unpack today, Quentin. So I think I want to start with um, some college football recruiting news since the early signing period uh, has passed. It's come and gone. Most teams have locked up their recruiting classes for 2024. There's still a few unsigned top recruits out there, but not many. So on the uh, early first day, there was some some noise and some changes, but it was like the second and third days that really kind of stood out. <clears throat> and so I just kind of want to go over right now. This is where the 2024 rankings stand. And so it's kind of significant because there's been several movement that's one of them. One of the movement is was really surprising to me. I knew they were gaining some momentum, but I uh, I did not expect this team to move up into the top four. <clears throat> so, of course, Georgia right now has the number one recruiting class in 2024. They, uh, they have 28 commitments, four five stars, and four 20 stars, and just four three stars. Their recruiting ranking right now in 247 sports is 315. Alabama is next. Uh, they've shot up the board. They have 25 commitments, three five-stars, 17 four-stars, and five three-stars. They're at 300. Texas, uh, they were always uh, there in the top 10. They moved up to number three with four five-stars, 16 four-stars, and three three-stars. They come in at 291. Here's the surprising one for me. The University of Miami. I cannot tell you the last time that I saw them this high in football recruiting rankings. They used to be all the time, but it's been a long, long time. And so they're number four, essentially bumping Ohio State down to number five. And they have two five-stars, 11 four-stars, and 14 three-stars with 27 commits, and their ranking is 289 overall. That's interesting. Uh but man, Miami is gonna have a recruiting hall as of right now at number four. Ohio State at five, Oregon at six, Auburn seven, Oklahoma is eight, Florida State is nine, Notre Dame is 10, LSU is 11, Clemson at 12, uh, Tennessee at 13, Penn State at 14, Michigan at 15, Florida at 16, A&M at 17, USC at 18, Nebraska at 19 and South Carolina at 20. So, <clears throat> I'm still, like, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm still in shock that um, <laughs> Miami has a better recruiting class right now than Ohio State and Oregon um, and Oklahoma and Florida State. Like, I, I am... That's very surprising, but they, they've gotten some very high-rated recruits. Um, they, As we all know, they flipped Justin Scott from Ohio State. They also picked up... Uh, Justin Scott was the one of the top recruits in his class. He was number seven in this class, the number seven recruit. 
three at his position and number one in his state of Illinois. Um, they pulled in another one, a defensive lineman, uh, Adam Blunt. He is number 41 in the class. They also got Zaquan Patterson, who is number 47. He's an athlete. He can play multiple positions. Then they got Marquise Lightfoot, another edge uh, defensive lineman. He was number 60. Uh, they got a wide receiver who was 63, Carr. I mean, it just keeps going. Uh, Josiah Trader, he's a wide receiver. He's number 70. Like, man, Miami put in some work. Um, obviously, they know what they're doing with the NIL over there. And uh, Mario Cristobal is, uh, you know, making it work. Um, that's... I, I was surprised at Miami's jump all the way up to number four. They've been hanging around for a while, but um, moving all the way up to number four, wow. That's impressive for them, especially as of lately. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm impressed because Miami didn't have had an okay season. I mean, they, they have mm-hmm. these good recruits. I mean, that's... that's um, I agree with you. That's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, last year they ended at number eight, which is good. But man, a top four class is that's impressive for them. Um, of course, Mario Cristobal, when he was at Oregon, he was a very good recruiter. So, you know, we knew that was coming. But wow, um, I'm impressed. Very impressed. Uh, Miami is going to be back in the the hunt in the ACC for sure um no doubt no doubt they're moving up and they're going to be better going forward especially in the ACC so I was really surprised um Georgia doesn't surprise me they've had the top them and Alabama have had the top class year after year after year uh no surprise here you know we know uh, we come to expect that from those te- two teams. They're always in the top. Texas has been in the top ten lately, so coming in at number three, um, Steve Sarkeesian is having a, a great year there this year. So, uh, you know, he's probably using that to draw on some recruits. Ohio State's always top ten recruiting class, but they're usually top three. Very surprised they're at number five, but not really. I think Although Ryan Day, Ryan Day has been successful there, I think he's starting to lose his grip a little bit on them big big classes and big names. And to be honest, anybody who's in their basket that hasn't signed yet, for them I would be worried. And definitely be looking to get them signed ASAP before they lose them as a flip. But it looks like they signed most of their class, so they're, they're good there. Yeah, um, you know... Uh, what I've noticed is that mostly those recruits from Ohio have been going to Michigan because of Ohio State has just been losing Michigan, you know, like three straight years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, I think that's kind of been the problem for Ohio, for Ohio State and their recruiting. And this year, they in this year, uh, the transfer portal for them. Yeah. Because they got good players going out of that transfer portal, so. That's true. Clemson surprised me a little bit at number 12. Um, They were, like, top 
five recruiting for several years in a row, especially when they're in the national championship, you know, year after year with Alabama. They've kind of fallen off for recruiting a little bit there. Um, we all know Michigan is there. They recruit more based off of talent they can develop. Um, they're more of a developing. I mean, top 15 is still good, uh, no doubt. But they've, they're here the last few years, they've trended more towards those diamonds in the rough that everybody else looks over. And they turn out to be, you know, they were rated three-star in the rankings because of maybe where they went to high school. You know, the competition wasn't great, but they've turned out to be, should turned out to outplay their rankings and get developed really well. Rod Moore is one. He was a three-star recruit out of Ohio. Wasn't very highly recruited. Ohio State didn't even really recruit him. Michigan did. Brought him in. He turned out to be a star for them. He's the one that had the game-shilling interception against Ohio State, as a matter of fact. So, um, yeah, Michigan looks more for the players that fit their their scheme now, so they don't necessarily go after every five-star they can find. I'm sure they talk to them and try to get them to come there, but if the player doesn't seem interested, I think they kind of move on and find somebody who's a who fits the scheme that they run and, and fits the, the kind of... Uh, the uh, kind of team that they have there now, right? Mm-hmm. I will say that they did get uh, Lugard uh, Edope to commit there, which is huge for them. He was 160. He's an edge rusher. He was 169 in the country, but he will. What's so interesting about that is he was one of the top players out of Maryland, and his partner Devin Baxter, who's also from Maryland, in an edge rusher. And ranked 219. He, uh, Edo was sixth in the state and Baxter was eighth. So those are going to be two very good bookends in the future for Michigan. Both 6'6, six, six, one's 230, one's 225. So once they get to Michigan, get on that, that diet program and workout regime, those two guys are going to be, I think, are going to be monsters uh, for Michigan. So Obviously, Michigan's uh, prize jewel was Jaden Davis, the QB out of North Carolina, and Jordan Marshall, the running back out of Ohio, that they signed to their recruiting class. Um, but, uh, man, right now, mo- most of the teams have their recruiting classes locked up. So, to be honest, going forward, other than a few highly, I know Michigan's still looking at Gatlin Barr, uh, and there's a couple of other recruits that Alabama and Georgia are looking at still that are out there that are good. Good recruits who haven't signed yet, but for the most part, everybody's got their recruits signed. So you're looking at what what the recruiting class is generally going to look like. Um, what most teams are going to do now is start working more heavily on that transfer portal, which it's open until January the second, I believe, or the fourth. Uh, and they're going to try to work that transfer portal. And there's been some very interesting transfers into that portal. They could be some real help to some teams. I know some teams have already been working on it. There's some transfer portal guys that have already kind of committed to some of the teams. We'll, we'll go over that another time about the transfer portal. We'll probably cover that when it goes dark on uh, after January the 2nd, just to see where everybody kind of commits there at first from that portal. But man... 
the recruiting there was a lot of flips uh on recruiting day a lot of like texas shot up the board miami shot up the board um you know ohio state lost several recruits let's see they lost a couple of d commits on the first day of signing they lost justin scott they lost uh jeremiah mcclellan he was a four star he was ranked 72 in the country they lost him and they lost jordan lyle all in the same day uh justin scott was a five star defensive lineman who went to miami jeremy mcclellan was a four-star wide receiver who flipped to Oregon and Jordan Lyle was a four-star receiver who flipped to Miami. So they lost two recruits to Miami. A four-star receiver out of Florida, a four-star receiver out of St. Louis, and then a a five-star defensive lineman out of Illinois. The other guy that that got flipped was a three-star offensive lineman, uh, but he he decommitted way early in the recruiting process a while ago. But that's pretty significant for Ohio State to lose a five-star recruit to uh, University of Miami. That's interesting. Jeremiah McClellan was ranked 72 in the country, and then Jordan Lyle was um, a top 300 recruit. So... That's interesting. Um, I, I'm not saying the wheels are falling off in Ohio State, but I think Ryan Day is losing a little bit of control there. So I think he really needs to uh, get it locked down. And he need, definitely needs to have some work to do um, because things are starting to fall apart a little bit there in Columbus. So, um, what do you think about the recruiting class and what it looks like right now? Uh, well, I mean, I think that, to, to be honest, uh, I am surprised with some of these uh, rankings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I think Steve Sarkeesian's uh key to success this year was just the injuries because uh, Quinn Ewers didn't get injured that much this season. What is that? They they got a defensive line that is stout. It's probably one of the best defensive lines in the country this year. Um, they they look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll be honest I'm, with you. They're my pick Excuse me, to beat Washington in their bowl game in the semifinal just because I think their defense is – going to be too much for Washington. Uh, you know, Clemson at number 12 is not surprising to me because, you know, Clemson's like a championship team. Um, you know, players go there, go there because, uh, you know, Dabble Sweeney's a good head coach. Mm-hmm. And they want to play for a good head coach. And, I mean, I'm not surprised by uh, Clemson at number 12. Yeah. I'm really not surprised. Okay. Uh, I mean, I agree. They're, they're still going to be winning. They, they have mm-hmm. several five stars. How many five stars? Two five stars. And yeah. I mean, they'll be fine. I'm not. I'm. I'm... Um, 
the last few years, you know, Miami has been getting um some pretty decent recruits the last few years. Um, but I haven't seen them in. But um, I mean, to be in that top four, that's uh, just crazy for Miami because you know, Miami had had a great start to the season. Um, but then they just kind of slowed down uh, late in the season and kept losing games. So yeah. I'm, that's that's why I'm surprised that they're in that top four. So going off what you just said a minute ago, so you're right. Uh, if you look at the breakdown, so obviously Alabama is number one. Right now, with 18 five stars on their team, 56 four stars, and 10 three stars. Georgia is two with 13 five stars, 52 four stars, and 23 stars. I'm just going to skip down. So you're right, Clemson is number five with seven five stars, 49 four stars, and 26 three stars. So you're right, they're still, you know, fine. They're still championship level, no doubt uh, at all. You're right. They're still, they, they can have a recruiting class that's ranked number 12 and it won't hurt them any so you are correct sir uh, and I mean Texas to be at number 3 that's not really surprising to me um but what uh what is kind of surprising to me is that Florida uh, is number uh, you're behind Michigan 16, 16 yep yeah um, I was surprised not, that they not, actually have five stars to be honest oh yeah because they had a bad season they had a horrible season this year yeah I have to look but I don't think their record's very good <laughs> no I think they have like a Six and five, seven five. I think you're right. Six and six, something, something like that. I can tell you in just a minute, but yeah, there it wasn't great. I was actually looking for there was a few players that uh, Michigan had recruited before, and I was looking to see if maybe they could flip them since Florida didn't have as good a season as Michigan, but they they did not end up flipping them so. Um, eh. it uh, it happens. It is what it is. You know, sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. I have noticed that Michigan still recruits at the same level they've always recruited. Winning, all this winning they've done the last few years doesn't isn't help them any as far as that goes. So I. I I think that part of the reason why they are not up there is because of NIL. I don't think their NIL is the same. Uh, I really think that uh, they need to work on that if they really want to continue to compete. Otherwise, eventually the the transfer portal is not going to work for them either. You know, they're. I get it. I like the way they do it, but it might not be the best way to draw in recruits. Because you know they don't pay recruits to come there. They once you go there and you prove what you can do, 
then you're eligible for NIL, but you don't get it right away. Like you don't get paid to go there to school like some colleges do, who I won't name right now currently. But yeah, that's not the way they work the NIL, and I think it hurts them a lot just because of the way they do it. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Um, let me. Another one that surprised me Texas AM at number 17 with two five stars, 13 four stars. Because Texas AM didn't have that. In, NIL. It's NIL. They're. They can offer players a lot of money to play there. That's why. I'm sure those two five stars are getting paid handsomely to go there. Uh, my guess would be in the millions. Just an observation. I can't confirm nor deny that's what's going on, but I, I would say that if you dug deep enough, you would find out that that is the, what's happening as far as that goes. It's NIL, and it's the money that they can offer those players. Um, Texas A&M literally just paid Jimbo Fisher's contract. If you look at that contract, it's ridiculous. And they literally just fired him, paid that up front, and then hired a new coach, like, right off the bat. So they they Texas any Texas team like that has a lot of money. So they're going to be able to pay um, up front. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Uh, to be honest, I think college. To be honest, I think college football should just uh, stop in I.O. Hmm. You gonna say that when you get to college? Well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think NIL is good. I just, because I believe the players should be compensated. I think the problem you run into is you need to figure out a way to manage it better. I don't think the NCAA has managed it well enough. Um, it all happens so fast. There's really no ground rules for it. It's kind of like, uh, I, I hate to do this, because this is what everybody says, but it's true. It's kind of like the wild, wild west out there, right? Uh, whatever you can do, you can. Right now, you can get away with whatever you want because there's really no rules governing it at all. So that's how they get away with it. Um, it's it's tough because even you know governing it closely, like you got to sit down and decide. What are the rules that you want to put in place for NIL? And it, it, it's it's not something that's cut and dry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you really that's something you really got to sit down and and kind of figure out what you want to do with. Um, so it, it's I don't know. It's tough. It's really really tough. Um, the NCAA sucks anyway. Florida was five and seven, by the way, is what they finished their season on. Mm. They, I thought they had a losing season. Five and seven. Yep. 
Well, players shouldn't be going there. Then. <laughs> even even if Florida pays them money, they shouldn't be going there. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. You know, it just depends on. Sometimes it's hometown kids that that's their favorite team growing up, so that's where they want to go, and I can understand that. Just depends. Um, so now we've we've taken that on. I, I want to pivot here for a minute, um, and I want to jump into some NFL talk because, man, let me tell you something. I watched these games over the Christmas break, and it may be just this week, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the team that just blew me away. And right now, in, in my book, in my power rankings, and my overall rankings, they are the number one team in the NFL or the Baltimore Ravens. They manhandled the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Day, man. They manhandled them. Like, they, whoo-ho-ho. That defense showed up to play. That offense showed up to play. Um, and what I tell you, about a couple of weeks ago, about the Niners and the Ravens, right? What I say was going to happen. Lamar's a hard person to defend because he now keeps his eyes down the field. So when he takes off to run, he might not actually run. And so now you got the DB coming up, you know, to to tackle him. You got the defensive end or or, or defensive tackle who's chasing him down from behind, right? And all of a sudden. You can just imagine the look on those players' faces when he throws that football and it hits his target, right? And you're like, dang, we just did everything we could do to stop Lamar and he still completes a pass to his tight end or his receiver who's, you know, hitting a crossing route across the field. And so I I have noticed something too that um, some of the announcers have noticed in these games. Like they, you can tell in practice, they practice improvising those receivers when they say see Lamar take off, they start running in the direction he is to get open. Like they don't just run their route and stop or, or run to get covered up. Like they when they see him start taking off to run, they'll run in the direction or the side of the field he's going to. So that, you know, whenever that DB takes off, that leaves open space for them to be in. And that's what makes Lamar so successful. Like they're all on the same page. The receivers are on the same page with him. The running backs on the same page with him. Like even the running backs. There's a couple times in that game where he was running off to the side. The running back just kind of ran up through the middle and then turned around for for a little button hook or, or you know a curve. And he saw Lamar running, so the running back started running that direction. Like they give him targets to throw to. They bail him out, which is great because that means they're all on the same page. And I'm telling you right now, Baltimore is going to be hard to beat. Now, they got to play another tough game this week, uh, this Sunday, against the Dolphins. I don't think that's going to be any – that's not going to be a um, an easy game either because uh, the Dolphins' defense isn't as good as San Francisco's, but their offense is, is that good. They, they have a great offense. So um, that's going to be a big test for their defense. But I'll tell you what, that defense showed up to play – and one of the biggest things I saw in the San Francisco 49ers game about Baltimore is that when the defensive linemen, even though they couldn't get to Brock Purdy, they got their hands up. So they batted a lot of balls. And 
by batting those balls down. Like they gave other players a chance to get after them. And so they got two interceptions like that where one player batted the ball up in the air and another player got underneath it and intercepted it. Like that's that's what you always teach your defensive linemen. Like keep your hands up, right? Because when the quarterback throws the ball, put your, goes, you, you see him lining up to, to throw that ball, put your hand up. You could maybe tip the pass and knock it down. They got lucky enough when they tipped the pass, there was somebody there to catch it. So two of those picks were just off batted balls. The pick in the end zone, Kyle Hamilton baited uh, Brock Purdy. And then the last pick, uh, Brock Purdy just didn't see that Patrick McQueen got him again. And it's like that Baltimore defense, Baltimore's legit. They are legit. To me, they're the best team in the AFC right now. And they are my Super Bowl favorite. They were, uh, they have been since about halfway through the season. I still think they're the best team in the AFC, hands down. But man, the way they manhandled San Francisco, I didn't even guess that they would manhandle San Francisco like that. I thought it would be a tough defensive struggle. Man, it wasn't even close to being a defensive struggle. It was for the Niners, (laughs) but not for Baltimore, not for Lamar. Lamar was killing them. The only mistake Lamar made was when the ref tripped, fell down, and tripped Lamar up in the end zone, and so they they got a, the San Francisco 49ers got a safety out of it. Other than that, Lamar played, played mistake-free football. Kept his eyes down the field. He ran when he had to, and he threw passes when when he wanted to. Like that's I, that's the way you should be playing. I mean, tripping over the referee wasn't even his fault. The referee I know. was in his right. Was in his way. <laughs> I, I didn't get that. Could you try? I know, but he got a safety out of it. <laughs> that was... Woo. Um, Baltimore, right now, for me, Baltimore is the number one team in the NFL. Hands down. They beat the vaunted Niners, who destroyed the Cowboys. And um, the Eagles. And the Eagles. That's right. And Baltimore just walked in and beat yeah. them down. I mean, that was at San Francisco, and I mean... Yes, that's the other thing. Yes, it was at San Francisco's house. You are correct. So yeah. they went on the road and played like that. Yeah, and uh, that was... I mean, the 49ers were 5-1 and one at home. And yes, sir. 5-2 and two now, aren't they? <laughs> Woohoo! Man, was that a game. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you got the Dolphins that are... A good team. The 49ers were a good team. Ravens just walked to their house, beat them down. So now. Uh, yep. If they beat Miami tomorrow, they lock up the number one seed. Miami is the only team standing in between them and the number one seed. And that's because um, Baltimore's already locked in a playoff spot. Right now they're fighting for a number one seed. Baltimore's 12 and 3, and Miami is 11 and 4. Yeah. So if they beat Miami, that's it. They lock up the number one overall seed and they get home field advantage through the playoffs until they get to if they make it that far until they get to the Super Bowl so Baltimore should be really motivated to win that game Mm -hmm. um they beat the Dolphins they're definitely going to beat the Steelers after that game Mm -hmm. Another significant game that was played was played on Sunday, Christmas Eve. Um, the Lions won their division for the first time since 1993. 
by beating the Vikings 30-24. to They tried to give the game away to the Vikings, but the Vikings didn't want it. And so the Lions go on, and they've locked up a playoff spot now with 11-4 record. Um, but to be honest, even with that loss to Baltimore, I do believe that San Francisco is still squarely in the lead in the NFC. So I they would have to lose, I think, two more games before they would even be tied with anybody. So right now, San Francisco owns the number one seed in the NFC, which makes that game between the Niners and the Ravens even more prominent. Like That's the best that the NFC has to offer, and the Ravens own them in their own house. Like, that's, I can't talk, like, that's crazy, man. The Eagles pulled one out against the Giants after going on a slide. Um, one team that surprised me, and if they don't win this weekend, uh, they may be out of the playoffs. That's the Chiefs. They're now 9-6. and six. They lost to the Raiders 20-14. to 14. And so I watched that game, some of it, also on Christmas Day. And the Chiefs just don't look the same, man. They, they lost too much in the offseason. And I just don't think they're a threat in the AFC. Even if they get in the playoffs, I don't think they're going to be a threat. If they don't beat the Bengals, that's going to cause some chaos. And I mean... Um, if they lose to the Bengals, I'm going to be really surprised. Yeah. Because, you know, they've lost the Broncos, and then they've lost the Raiders. Well, remember, the Bengals are missing Joe Burrow, so mm-hmm. the Steelers dominated them 34-11 uh, that s- last Saturday on the 23rd. So, I, is that who the Chiefs play next? Yeah. Yeah, so the Chiefs will probably beat the Bengals. So, they, they yeah, should the win Chief, their next but, game. But the Chiefs' defense is kind of overrated, to be honest. That is very true. So, uh, Chiefs' defense could slip up, and the Bengals' offense could get going because you got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, mm-hmm. uh, on that on the Bengals' team. Um, one of the best wide receiver groups in the uh, in the NFL. So, I mean, all Jake Browning has has to do is. Uh, throw to one of those two guys. Yep. So, the Dolphins, another significant game over the Christmas break. The Dolphins beat the Cowboys 22-20, to which means the Cowboys are now 10-5. and 10-5. So, um, man. <laughs> Cowboys are not the uh, world beaters that everybody was pretending like they were early in the year, are they? Yeah, nope, they're not Ameri- it's, it's not looking like they're America's team. No, they might not even make the playoffs if they don't no, quit messing they, around. They secured a playoff spot. Did they? Yeah. With a loss? <laughs> well, no. So, so if you look at the playoff uh-uh. picture right now, uh, right now you, you have the Dolphins and the Ravens for the AFC who have secured a playoff spot no matter what. They're locked in. You have the Chiefs at nine and six, the Jaguars at eight and seven, the Browns at ten and five, the Bills at nine and six, and the Colts eight are eight and seven. If the playoffs started today, all seven of those teams would be in the playoffs with the Ravens having the number one seed. In the hunt right now, <clears throat> um, some teams who could bump out some other teams, the Texans, the Steelers, and the Bengals. But to be honest, I don't think either one of them three 
teams are going to bump the Browns. They could bump the Colts. I think the Colts lost again this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I think so. So, one of those three teams, the Texans could work their way back into the playoffs. We'll see. But uh, that last place, the seventh spot, it could go to the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers, or the Bengals. But honestly, that's that doesn't really matter between those. Um, in the NFC, you got the San Francisco 49ers at 11-4. They've locked up the number one seed uh, in a playoff spot. The Eagles have locked up a playoff spot. Um, the Lions have locked up a playoff spot. It's just depending on what that spot turns out to be. The Buccaneers are eight and seven. The Cowboys, you right, have a playoff spot at ten and five. The Rams are eight and seven. The Seahawks are eight and seven. In the hunt, you still got the Vikings at seven and eight. The Falcons at seven and eight. The Packers and the Saints both at seven and eight. So, could they bump the Rams or the Seahawks if they lose? Yes. Or the Buccaneers at eight and seven could be bumped by somebody in their own division, maybe. But uh, we'll see. Um, it just depends. If the playoffs started right now, the Ravens would have a bye. The Dolphins and Colts would play. The Chiefs and Bills would play. And the Jaguars and Browns would play in the first round. The NFC, the Niners would have a bye. The Eagles and Seahawks would play. Lions and Rams would play. And the Bucks and Cowboys would play all in the first round. So that's kind of what the playoff picture looks at like right now. Um, obviously, the, the fourth and seventh seeds could change in both divisions but as of right now you know that's what you're looking at with um, what do we got three three games left to play two games left to play now two two games left to play so man Baltimore is looking like they may win the Super Bowl man <laughs> uh, and so that game on Christmas Day between the Ravens and the 49ers could have been a preview for the Super Bowl, so keep that in mind too. Those two teams could meet up again with San Francisco having an opportunity to revenge that loss, right? In on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. But man, the NFL is starting to get really exciting now. Now we're starting to see how everything's starting to shake out and you're getting some really good games here towards the end of the year to watch. Um, I'll definitely be watching the game tonight which is Browns Jets. Yep, Browns and Jets. Which the Browns will probably beat the Jets would be my guess. If I had to take a pick, I'd pick the Browns. That defense is really good. And old Jacko Joe Jacko. Joe Flacco has turned back the clock. Um and man he's been killing it ever since the Browns signed him, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah I think after that game the Jets might regret releasing Joe Flacco because yep. he's been looking pretty good. Tell you a game I'll be watching this Sunday for Ravens and Dolphins for sure. That's going to be another good one. We'll see what happens with that one. Um, Browns are already up 7 to nothing on the Jets and they got the ball back. <laughs> that's, that's, oh. no, no, that's just normal. I'll probably watch that Lions-Cowboys game because that's a significant game because that determines which seed the Lions get also. Um, another significant game will be the um, 
that might be it. <laughs> I'm going through the list here. Maybe the Steelers Seahawks game, but not really. Bengals and Chiefs game. I'll probably watch that. That is a significant game, but I think the the Chiefs will win that one because without Joe Burrow, I'm not sure if the um, if the Bengals can win that. Um, it really hurts him not having Joe. Um, I think an exciting game would be the Packers-Vikings. Yeah. That one might be a pretty good game. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I may watch that one just for a laugh. <laughs> uh, all right. We unpacked a lot today. We'll, uh, we'll unpack some more in the next episode, but we thank everybody for listening. Please don't forget, if you like, Podcast. You can uh, subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform. Comment and take on sports. Please like. Um, leave us comments. We've had a few comments on our uh, YouTube page for the comments take on sports, and I, we appreciate all feedback and comments. So please leave them. Please subscribe, and we hope you continue to listen and watch us. Till then, everybody have a good night, and thank you.